We're talking with Jeannie Orr, who is a program manager at the Capital District Tobacco-Free uh, Communities. And on a recent South End Community Collaborative call, I, I heard about a proposed ordinance trying to, um, I guess, restrict against some of the tobacco sales in the city of Albany. So I thought I would ask them to, to come on and talk about that. But, but first, Jeannie, maybe you just explain, what is, what is the Capital District Tobacco-Free Communities? Sure, I'll explain that. It's um, we're a local program funded by the New York State Department of Health's Bureau of Tobacco Control Program, and our goal is to help communities create environments that support smokers who want to quit and that prevent young people from starting. And we do that through various ways and helping to change the environment where we live. And it's our a goal that we've um, should all be invested in because tobacco is still the number one preventable cause of death and disease in New York. And I actually I, I saw the group moving around quite quite a long period of time, which somewhat surprised me. How effective do you think the efforts have been to try to reduce, um, you know, tobacco use, particularly among young people? Well, I think it's actually been very very effective. Um, the smoking rate for young people has gone down to two point one percent of cigarettes. But unfortunately, um, e-cigarettes came into the picture and now um, we have that issue. And so now uh, the great progress that we were making in reducing tobacco use overall has now been stalled by that. So now one in five high school students use a tobacco product and mostly it's um, vaping products. Now at this recent uh, South End Community Collaborative, there was a discussion about a proposed uh, ordinance in the city of Albany, um, which I understand you know your group doesn't you know per se lobby. Um, but could you maybe explain what you know what does that ordinance do and why is it important? Um, yeah, sure. And I think uh, it's important to understand specifically um, you know what the premise is behind the law first and. And that is uh, something I think we all believe, I think most people do, and that's where we live matters to our health. It matters if we have access to healthy, fresh, affordable groceries. It matters if there are safe outdoor areas where our kids can play. And it matters when people live in a neighborhood where it's easier to purchase tobacco than it is to buy a piece of fruit. And so that's what we saw in certain neighborhoods in the city of Albany. There are up to nine times the number of tobacco retailers per capita in the highest poverty zip codes in Albany County compared to the lower poverty zip codes. That's nine times. And we also observed that high poverty neighborhoods in the city of Albany have a disproportionate number of tobacco retailers near schools. For instance, there are eight licensed tobacco retailers within 1,500 feet of Albany Free School in the South End and 11 licensed tobacco retailers near Brighter Choice Elementary School in West Hill. So children living in high poverty neighborhoods have the greatest exposure to tobacco marketing. And, and this matters because the greater the exposure to tobacco marketing promotion, the more likely youth are to perceive tobacco products as accessible, view tobacco use as normal and desirable, and start using tobacco products themselves. Um, and in the same neighborhoods, adult smokers are less likely to quit and more likely to smoke more cigarettes per day, experience cravings, and make tobacco impulse buys. And I know I'm going on, but it's really important because, you know, at any one time, about 70% of smokers want to quit because they know the impact that tobacco use has on their lives and their health, their families, their bottom line. And in New York, the smoking rate, and we just talked about the smoking rate for youth, for adults is down to an all-time low of 12%. 
but that is uh, not the case for people making less than 25,000 a year. It's that's at 20%. So what would this particular ordinance uh, seek to, to do? I understand one thing it was trying to, um, I guess, restrict uh, sales of, of tobacco products, um, particularly close to schools. Right. So there are several things that this tries to do and really tries to tackle these two issues of the disproportionate um, density of tobacco retailers in lower income areas and in near schools. And also there have been violations of state law that we've observed. And so it, it seeks to bolster enforcement mechanisms so that those laws can actually be enforced the way that they should be. Um, so if you want to know specifically what the law um, does, there are a few things. Um, it seeks to license tobacco retailers in the city of Albany, and these are the restrictions. They would not allow no new retailers within 500 feet of a school or a public park, uh, and no new retailers within 1,000 feet of one another, and that's to take care of the density issue. And then one year after the law goes into effect, they would issue one license for every two that are revoked or expired. Um, until they hit a floor of about 20 licensed retailers. And, um, and the penalties do include suspension, suspension and revocation of license. But for existing retailers, if they're law abiding, they can continue to operate. Um, it would not affect them at all. Now, I was uh, reading, uh, I guess, a letter to the editor on op-ed in the uh, Times Union by uh, Colson's, a long-established uh, convenience store down on Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, they weren't happy, let's put it that way. Uh, I, I was surprised to read that they said about a third of their business actually came from the tobacco uh, sales. But, you know, has there been much pushback, you know, about this ordinance? And I understand the city council has one more meeting in Albany before the year um, ends. Is, is this thing likely to pass at the city of Albany at this point? Well, it's still in committee, so I don't think it's going to be coming up for a vote yet because they haven't announced a public hearing. But um, in terms of the letter that you read, the commentary, um, there have been some concerns from retailers, but not a lot. We haven't heard much, but um, we've done some research and really law-abiding tobacco retailers have nothing to fear from this proposed law. In fact, these retailers have um, a lot to gain from a system that's designed to eliminate legal tobacco sales and reduce the total number of stores that can legally sell tobacco. So tobacco retailers that abide by the law will no longer suffer lost revenues to retailers who violate the law. And with fewer tobacco retailers located in the city overall, individual retailers are likely to inc uh, experience an increase in sales. And and so this is another important thing. You know, there is a lot of concern about the bottom line. They're going to lose sales. Um, but convenience stores have been responding and adapting to decreasing tobacco sales for decades. And they've been doing it really successfully. According to Convenience Store News, which is the industry's number one source of market research to help convenience stores grow sales and profits, as tobacco sales have decreased over the past 15 years, there's been a concurrent increase in the number of, of convenience stores and an increase in inside store sales revenue. So in addition, the profit margin for cigarettes is really very low compared to other sales categories. Uh, so the bottom line is that tobacco retail stores have been thriving despite the fact that cigarette sales have been steadily decreasing for more than two decades. And, 
And just to give you a story, um, we, you know, we were out and about talking to tobacco retailers, doing some observation studies, and many of them actually expressed uh, plants to stop selling tobacco because that they said it was not that profitable. And one store owner we visited had already stopped selling, and she was interested in providing healthier and culturally specific food and groceries to the community instead. And and she would talk to people when they asked her, oh, do you have some Newports? And she said, no, I don't, but you know, I want to help you. <laughs> and so, you know, there is a lot of that. A lot of retailers want another option. So we have a little over a minute left. So I'll ask you a couple questions and you decide what you can answer in that minute. Um, but have other, you know, communities adopted, you know, similar legislation? Um, why not do this at the, the state level? And if people want more information, either about this ordinance, about the programs that you run, how best can they get that in the last minute? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, other municipalities have done this. The uh, city of Syracuse just recently passed this law. And uh, the town of Bethlehem, actually a couple years ago, instituted licensing of tobacco retailers. Um, but if you want more information, and there's a lot to be had, please come to uh, visit our website, smokefreecapital.org, and you can find information there about all this and more. And, um, you know, uh, state, federal, all those agencies, they can also have uh, make rules and, and laws. But um, of course, sometimes the wheels of government run a little slower at the higher levels. So I think that's why local municipalities have, you know, have every right and the responsibility to make our communities healthier places to live. And I think that's what the city of Albany is aiming to do here. And we've been talking with uh, Jeannie Orr um, at the Capital District Tobacco-Free Communities. And this has been Mark Dunlay for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.